You know, we're come together tonight, and uh, you've heard the Christmas story read. That's the familiar Christmas story. Those are some candles for you here. And uh, that's the familiar Christmas story read every year. It's, uh, it's the one that if you watch Charlie Brown Christmas, that's the one that you hear and uh, that Linus says. And, and uh, that's a great story. That's in the Gospel of Luke. But, you know, the Gospel of Matthew, it, it also has a, a, a gospel. It also tells of the birth of Christ. But it starts out very, very different. It starts out very, very different in that, that it has a genealogy. Now, I don't know about you, but usually when I see genealogies in the Bible, I skip them. Because I don't care who beget what and who, what, how, who. Plus, I can't pronounce the names. But this is a very, very important genealogy there in Matthew. And it starts with Abraham. You know who Abraham was? He was that guy that, that uh, uh, God called out of the Ur of the Chaldees. That's Iraq. We're, we're still dealing with things in these areas. And, and Abraham, he traveled all over. You know, he never had a home. He never had a permanent place. The only permanent property that he owned was a place to bury his family. The cave of Machpelah. Probably didn't know that, did you? We don't study those things enough. We don't find out, but that's the only property he ever did. Yet God promised him all of Israel. And, you know, he promised him sons, and he had sons in the old age, and he had Isaac and then Jacob. I mean, I don't know what you know too much about Jacob. He, God later changed his name to uh, Israel, but Jacob means liar and thief, and he really practiced that. He lived up to his name. Of course, Abraham wasn't. And we think of him as being super spiritual. He really wasn't. He, he lied about lots of things. and He, did, he wasn't very good. Then we get to Judah. And Judah's one of the sons. He, you know, he helped sell his brother into slavery. And, and probably toward the end of his life, he started redeeming himself with, with Joseph. But one of the, and it goes on and it talks about uh, David and Solomon and uh, Boaz. And, and it goes all the way down to Joseph the husband of Mary, or the uh, man who's engaged to be Mary. But one of the interesting things about the Matthew uh, genealogy is it includes women. You look at all the Old Testament genealogies, it doesn't talk about women very often. Once in a while it might mention in the kings a wicked mother. I think Athaliah was her name. Is that right, Gretchen? You memorized all that stuff. I can't remember Old Testament survey. It's been too long. But in this case, there are, are four women mentioned. And the very first one that's mentioned is, is a girl named Tamar. And Tamar is a, wow, what an interesting lady she is. She is the daughter-in-law of, of, of Judah. Judah had a son who married Tamar, but this son was so wicked and mean that God killed him. And under Jewish law, the next son's supposed to marry. And that did happen. But the next son was as bad as the first, and God killed him. So the next son's supposed to take him. Judah kind of like forgot this thing and said, Tamar, you go home and, you know, when he's grown up enough, I'll let you, you know, they'll marry and, and we'll, we'll, we'll promulgate the family line. We kind of forgot about this. And this poor girl, Tamar, trying to be, well, she wanted to be part of the Messiah's line. And she went and she set up a little tent and she dressed up like uh, a lady of the night. And Judah came by and went in, and she ended up pregnant, and Judah was going to kill her, and then he found out it was his child. Actually, he had two. They were twins. 
Interesting, this little girl all messed up. Not a real perfect person, huh? But yet she's in the line of Jesus Christ. And the next woman mentioned, her name's Rahab. Yeah, everybody here, everybody's been in Bible uh, church a while or gone to Sunday school. Rahab has a couple things after her name most of the time. It's Rahab the, yeah. Okay, so she's not really a virtuous woman, is she? No, but something happened to her. She believed in the God of Israel. She was honored, and she became one of Jesus' ancestors, his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother. And it goes on down to a girl named Ruth, and Ruth was a Moabitess, and if you study about Moab, they were... They, that whole nation came out of incest, and, and uh, it was just a mess, and these people were awful, and, and uh, Ruth had married a, a Jewish boy, and, and he died, and his brother died, and the father died, and it was Ruth and another girl and uh, a mother named Naomi, and Naomi's going to go back to Israel, and Ruth said, I want to go with you. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And she ended up getting married to a guy named Boaz, and she became the great-grandmother of David. We know about David. He killed a, killed a giant. But it also said, And David begat Solomon of she who was Uriah's wife. We all know the great story of David and Bathsheba, where David wasn't where he was supposed to be, and he was watching things he wasn't to watch, and he ended up having an affair with a woman, and then tried to cover it up and killed her husband. And yet this woman, Bathsheba, is in the line of Jesus Christ. And comes the last girl mentioned was a little girl, young girl, 12 to 14 years old. Her name's Mary. And you know what this thing about Mary? She's pregnant, but she's not married. She's engaged, but she's not married. She's miraculously pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, was going to divorce her privately, but he, but the Holy Spirit and the, and the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him and, and told him that this was a special child. This was the, going to be the Messiah. And yes, Joseph didn't put her away. He lived a life full of ridicule all his life. Standing up. Can you imagine everybody in that little town of Nazareth and then everybody in Bethlehem, when he went to Bethlehem to be taxed, they all knew that <laughs> that's Mary. Hmm. Reason I mention these folks, they're like you and me. They're not perfect. They're messed up. They're not perfect. And our Savior came through their line to heal that brokenness. This is the story. In fact, it, and this is where you, we find uh, that uh, Jesus was to be called Emmanuel. So we have the story in Luke, and we have the story in, in Matthew. But let me tell you the story in John. John, the Gospel of John. This was written much later than the other Gospels. And it, and it doesn't really go to the manger. It doesn't go to Bethlehem. But these are the words that John wrote. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, 
And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Ah, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You see, Jesus is the light. Jesus is God the Son. Jesus, living in glory, set aside the glory to come to this earth to bring light into the darkness, to come as a child, to grow into a man. Jesus tells of himself in later parts of the book of John, in John 8, 12, he says, Then spake Jesus unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In John 12, Jesus once again talks about this light. I have come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. See, folks, we are set in darkness, and Jesus came to be the light. In fact, he's all the light that's ever needed the book of Revelation gives us a glimpse of the future. And it says in this, new, this place called the New Jerusalem, a place in heaven, it says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. You see, this thing that we are celebrating is a whole lot more than a baby in a manger. It's a whole lot more than shepherds. It's a whole lot more than wise men. It's a whole lot more than gifts. It is the incarnation. It is God becoming a man to bring light into this world that we may be set free from the darkness, that we may be healed from the brokenness. You see, I read that genealogy, and I don't know about you, but we've all, I, I relate to those guys. I relate to those ladies. I am broken. I am messed up. In fact, Jesus tells us in John 3 that, that God sent not his son in the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. Tonight, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, we celebrate 
this light coming into the world. I hope you've come into the light. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. To be in the light, you must receive Christ as your Savior. Not a hard thing to do. It's recognizing that you are in darkness. And then it's, it's, it's turning from the darkness to that light and calling on that light to forgive you and to be your Savior. Another thing about this light, this thing that, that Jesus gives us, is when we step into that light, it shows through us why we love our brothers and sisters. 1 John, John loves the light. He talks about, a new, again, a new commandment I write unto you, which is a true thing in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. You see, if we are in the light, then we are going to be able to love our brothers and sisters in, in Christ interesting tonight we have a, a very mixed crowd from both of our services and sometimes the two don't it's like oil and water you know we all have our preferences and and uh it sometimes doesn't mix but you know what we do have in common we're in the light we receive the savior and we can love one another in fact we may not even like one another but we can love one another god has made us a way through the light of the world that we can be made right with one another. There's another thing about this light. This light that came in the world, this Jesus, he's made a couple commands. Matthew, he says, ye, you, me, are the light of the world. It says, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Just a few minutes, we're going to light some candles. And the symbolization of that candle as we light that is one that we've received Jesus as our Savior, that we have walked from darkness into light. And that in, while we are in this light, that we are loving one another, we are allowing our light then to shine. Our light as we carry the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to this earth. He was incarnated. He was born. He grew to be a man. He was crucified as a sacrifice for all the wrong that we've ever done. He was buried, and he rose again. That's what we call the gospel. That's the good news. That's the light that men can walk from darkness into light. And then we are going to show that light by how we treat one another, as we love one another, even throughout our differences. And then we're going to take the light into the world. Acts 26, 18. Here, the Lord Jesus is talking to Paul, but I believe this message comes to us. He says, we're going to take the light to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith 
that is in me. By the way, there'll be a time when we spend eternity in that light. So we've kind of come to a close here tonight. Just a moment, I'm going to light a candle. Some of you may be thinking a little song, a kid's song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine.